Our reading this morning, our Old Testament lesson is going to come from Esther, Esther chapter 4. Uh, don't worry, the chapter's short, so, but Esther 4. We're reading verses 1 through 17 of Esther chapter 4. When Mordecai learned all that had been done, Mordecai tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes and went through the city, wiggling with a loud and bitter cry. He went up to the entrance of the king's gate, for no one might enter the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. In every province, wherever the king's command and his decree came, there was great mourning among the Jews, with fasting and weeping and lamenting. And most of them lay in sackcloth and ashes. When Esther's maids and her eunuchs came and told her, the queen was deeply distressed. She sent garments to clothe Mordecai so that he might take off his sackcloth, that he would not accept them. Then Esther called for, for Hanatach, one of the king's eunuchs, who had been appointed to attend her, and ordered him to go to Mordecai to learn what was happening and why. Hanatach went to Mordecai to open, the square, to open the square of the city in front of the king's gate. And Mordecai told him of all that had happened to him, to the exact sum of money that Haman had promised to pay to the king's treasury, for the destruction of the Jews. Mordecai also gave him a copy of the written decree issued in Susa for their destruction, that he might show it to Esther and explain it to her, and charge her to go to the king and make supplication to him and entreat him for her people. So Hanatach went and told Esther what Mordecai had said. Then Esther spoke to Hanatach and gave him a message for Mordecai, saying, all the king's servants and all the people of the king's provinces know that if any man or woman goes to the king inside the inner court without being called, there is but one law. All are to be put to death. Only if the king holds out the good and scepter to someone, may that person live. I myself have not been called to come in by the king for 30 days. When they told Mordecai what Esther had said, Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not think than the king's palace, you will escape any more than the other Jews. For if you keep silent at such a time as this, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another quarter. But you and your father's family will perish. Who knows? Perhaps you have come to royal dignity for just such a time as this. Then Esther said in reply to Mordecai, Go and gather all the Jews to be found in Susa, and hold a fast on my behalf, neither eat nor drink for three days, night nor day. I and my maids will also fast as you do. And after that, I will go to the king, though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Mordecai then went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I know you think, when you look at me, you see me, you think to yourself, now there's a man who loves poetry. No, I radiate that. I know that I radiate a deep love of poetry. Um, and actually, believe it or not, I actually do love poetry. Uh, I was taught poetry by probably the same person who taught all of you poetry, a baseball coach. Um, coach Mike Hodges was our English teacher at Bogachetta, and he, he, he loved the English language and taught it to us the same language that I managed to mangle every Sunday in my sermons. But he, he taught us English and developed, well, I don't want to say in high school that he developed in us a love of poetry, because that would be a lie. He developed in us a desire to learn poetry, to memorize it, to pass a test. So that is what we did. 
uh, but he hammered and made us learn all the classics. You know, he had, he had us memorize the prologue to the Canterbury Tales. He had a cassette tape that he gave to all of us that we drove around Brookhaven listening to the Canterbury Tales in Old English. He had us memorizing Wordsworth and Coleridge. So thus, a few weeks back when the flood hit Jackson, all I could keep saying to myself over and over again was water, water everywhere but not a drop to drink. The rhyme of the ancient mariner. I just had that drilled into my head by Coach Hodges. Uh, he, he, he taught us that, and he gave us an appreciation for poetry and for English. And so as I, I, I read and was studying for this week, I could not help but get out of my head a classic poem by John Donne. Uh, you may recognize the poem or probably will remember parts of it. Um, where Dunn writes these words. No man is an island entire of itself. Each piece of the continent, a part of the main. If a clod be washed off by the sea, Europe is less. As well as if a promontory were, as well as if a manner of thine own or of thy friends were. For each man's death diminishes me. For I am involved in mankind. Therefore, sin not to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. That was a, a poem called For Whom the Bell Tolls. It's a very, one of the more famous poems in the English language, one that you may remember certain parts of if you didn't remember the entire thing. It was a poem written during the Black Death, the Black Plague that swept across Europe. You may have seen that famous documentary, Monty Python and the Quest for the Holy Grail. And in that documentary, they go around, uh, bring out your dead, bring out your dead. They would, they would take the dead bodies and they would dispose of them. And every time, every time someone died in the small, the small village John Dunn lived in, they would ring a bell. They would ring a bell for death. And so the question was, well, for whom does the bell toil? And, and Don, Dunn's point was, well, don't ask for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for you because any death, any death diminishes all of us. Any death lessens all of us. Any suffering or hurt or pain or, or, or loss diminishes every one of us. So don't, don't ask for who the bell's toiling because it's toiling for you and for me. I read that as I thought about Esther this week in my preparation. Uh, Esther is a, a beautiful story. Holly did a great job of explaining the greater context. But let's, let's take a, a real quick refresher as we talked about uh, two weeks back or last week with the Samaritans. Let's talk about what's happening here. You may remember last week we talked about how, how, um, how Saul was king, then David, then Solomon. After Solomon, the, the kingdom split, and eventually the southern kingdom of Judah was conquered and annexed by, or conquered and defeated by Babylon. Well, you know, uh, there's always a bigger fish in the sea. Well, that's how it was in the ancient East. You conquered, somebody conquered you. Eventually, um, Assyria, um, well, Bab Assyria was conquered by Babylon. Babylon was conquered by Persia. That's where we are now. This is Persia. This is, and a lot of the Jews that were in Babylon wound up migrating into Persia. Persia is modern day Iran. In fact, it's interesting that for most of human history, the largest population center 
of Jews in the world was in Tehran, Iran. The Jews had a long history in Persia, dating back to Esther. So what's happened here is the king of Persia is um, in need of a wife. So as we all do, he has a nationwide contest. Persia's got talent, I guess. And he selects a wife that way. And it's Esther. And Esther is now queen of all of Persia. Man, not much in life better than being queen, is it? She has a good deal going. Except, except there's this one guy, Haman. And Haman wants to destroy and kill all the Jews, especially Mordecai. Mordecai was Esther's uncle. Haman wants to destroy and kill all the Jews. In fact, uh, there is a Jewish holiday, some of you may have heard of, called Purim. Purim is, is kind of sometimes called Jewish Halloween. Everyone wears a costume. Everyone dresses up. And it reminisces where, where Haman gets what's coming his way eventually. But it's kind you dress up, you wear scary costumes, you give out sweet treats. It, uh, it celebrates this story in Jewish history. But here we are. Esther's queen. Esther's queen. But Mordecai has learned of the plan by Haman to kill all the Jews. So Mordecai puts on sackcloth, tears his clothes, puts on ashes. You know, we speak of this on Ash Wednesday when we put on ashes to represent frailty and sin. So we see, we see Mordecai doing this, and he goes to the king's gate, and you're not allowed to have any sackcloth or ashes at the king's gate. So there's Esther, like, that gummit, you know, we all got that crazy uncle at Thanksgiving. There's Mordecai acting all, acting all crazy, embarrassing the queen. Has her uncle down there half naked with ashes on his head. She's thinking, oh, Lord, have mercy. Here's that uncle of mine again. And so she dispatches her servants saying, hey, like, put some clothes on him. Come on. It's just embarrassing. Put some clothes on him. So she goes, he, the servant goes to Mordecai and says, come on, dude. Like, come on. You're embarrassing the queen. Come on, dude. Seriously, put on some clothes. And he said, tells her, like, here's the deal. God's going to save his people. Do not be mistaken. God will save his people. Help, help or not, do not doubt the providential hand of God to save his people. Now, if you choose not to help, this may be the end of you and your family. But it will not be the end of God's people because God will save his people. So that puts Esther in an odd place because, like, going to the king, she could be killed. You didn't just walk into the king's chamber and demand an audience. This is the king. So Esther has this choice to make because here's the thing, guys. Like, once again, she's got a good thing going, man. She's the queen. She snaps her finger. They bring her a Diet Coke. I mean, she's got a good thing going. So does she risk it? Because, you know, they're way down there. And what's that got to do with her? She's the queen. But Haman says, that's not the way this works. They come for us. They'll come for you. So what are you going to do? 
Reading the news today is a scary proposition, isn't it? All we got to do is drive about 10 miles south on Old Canton. We'll see a lot of suffering, don't we? All we got to do is drive about 20 miles north on Old Canton. And we'll see a lot of suffering, don't, won't we? I mean, <laughs> but what's that got to do with us? I mean, we're fine, right? I mean, that, 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 that's them down there. I mean, that's a, that's a Jackson problem, right? Let's not worry with that. What's that? How's that affect us? We're fine. That, 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 that's a Canton problem. What's, God do? What's that got to do with us? We see all that suffering, and that's, that's really that. Of what concern of that is that to me? I mean, we're, we're like Esther, y'all. I mean, we got a good thing going. We okay. It's not perfect, but we're doing all right. And what can we do with that? I mean, what can we do with that, really, honestly? That, 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 that's for someone else to worry with. Not, not really for me. If we aren't careful, we'll pray the prayer of holy indifference. Lord, bless me, my wife, our kids, us four, and no more. Because how's that really affect me, <laughs> you know? How, how's that really affect me and my family? What's that really matter to us? We're good. You know, somebody else can figure that out. I mean, what can I do about Jackson? <laughs> what, 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 what can I do about Memphis? Two cities very close to my heart. I can't fix that, can I? I can't do anything like that. That's the battle Esther faced. I mean, how can I stop Haman from killing all the Jews? I mean, I'm queen. I can't even go into the king's court. What can I do? I can't. I can't fix that. I can't change that. I can't stop that. What can I do? And so Esther faces the same temptation we face in regard to all human suffering. We turn a blind eye. Lord, bless me, my wife, our kids, us four, and no more. But you can't, we can't reconcile that with Scripture, y'all. Because what do we see in Exodus? The Jews cried out, and what does the Bible say? That God heard their suffering. We see it here with Esther. Mordecai heard the suffering. He conveyed it to Esther. And Esther says in time, I will do it, and if I perish, I perish. Because they understood the truth of the poem we read initially. Ask not for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. 
Jackson's suffering is not just our suffering. It's our suffering as well. Ken's suffering is not just their suffering. It's our suffering as well. As Christians, as those called by Christ Jesus, we cannot turn a blind eye to suffering no matter where it is. We cannot, we must not, because in doing that, we harden our hearts. And when we harden our hearts, we harden our hearts from the very Spirit who longs to give us life. Yes, it's so easy, it's so tempting to wash our hands of the suffering of the world and say, so be it. But thank God he did not do that. Thank God that he does not wash his hands of our suffering. Thank God that he does not wash his hands of our pain. Thank God that he does not turn a blind eye to where it is that we hurt. But he, in fact, gives his very son for our salvation. Esther was tempted with holy indifference. And friend, we face the same temptation today. C.S. Lewis in his great book, The The Screwtape Letters, if you've not read Screwtape Letters, you need to add it to your reading list. It's just a phenomenal book. In this book, Lewis writes from the perspective of a senior devil in hell, writing to a junior devil who's been assigned to a new Christian. And the junior devil's job is to keep this Christian from growing. And Wormwood is the, is the junior devil. Screwtape is the senior. Screwtape writes to Wormwood. And he says this. I love this phrase. Screwtape says, always let them feel, but never act. For the more they feel and the less they act, the less they will feel. It isn't just enough that we feel bad about suffering around us. It isn't just enough that we feel bad that there are folks in our family, in our neighborhood, in our work that have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The devil is fine. The devil's perfectly fine with us feeling bad about that. Oh, he, in fact, he loves it when we feel bad about it. He loves those commercials with the sad dogs and the, and the sad music. That, that's his stuff. He loves it when we feel bad. And what he really loves is when we feel bad and then don't do anything about it. Because then we'll stop feeling bad eventually. We'll just turn the channel and not worry with it. So, I, friends, I don't, I don't, you know, here's the bad part. I don't have any easy answers. But I know this. I know that we are followers of Jesus. Know that if you're a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit dwells within you. And I know this. We cannot say no to the movement of the Holy Spirit in our life when he calls us. Our call so often is to pay attention to the Spirit in our life and be obedient to whatever it is he's calling us to do even if it may seem small, insignificant, or silly. 
But the way we push back from the indifference that ravages our world is that we pay attention and we do something even if it's small, even if it's insignificant. Because as Jesus says, a cup of cold water given in my name will not lose its reward. Jesus, Jesus is not calling you unless you're a water engineer. Maybe you are. Come talk to me after, afterwards if you are. To solve Jackson Water. Now, if you've got an answer, you need to tweet that or email somebody. But he's calling us to care and to do what we can do where we can. He's not calling you to save every lost person in creation. But is there somebody in your life that doesn't know Jesus? Have you prayed for him? Have you given their name to Jesus as somebody who needs to know him? He's not calling you to solve every problem that's ever created, but what he is calling us to do is to pay attention to the hurt around us and to respond as we are able, as we can. Esther didn't save the Jews. That was the king. He changed the order. He took care of Haman. That wasn't Esther. That was the king. But what did Esther do? She did her part. We serve a God who instead of running away from our suffering has run into it in Jesus Christ. We serve a God who calls us to do the same for each other. Because ask not for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. May we open ourselves up to God's spirit to faithfully love, care, and serve in the places he has called us to. And may with our actions and with our words, we point all the world to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ so that all the world may come to know him as Lord. Let us pray.